This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is Frank Morano, America's overnight voice and the soundtrack of your dreams. Well, say what you want about the uh, the Super Bowl last night. You cannot say that that was a boring game. My goodness. You want to talk about a game that kept you riveted from the first second to the the last second in overtime. My goodness. That was it. I was supporting the 49ers, uh, but uh, I'm happy for the Chiefs. It's an incredible, incredible uh, achievement. And uh, I've asked my colleague, Dominic Carter, to stick around because there's another interesting thing happening in the world of sports that's going on. Dominic Carter is a veteran broadcast journalist and one of the best talk show hosts around. What's going on? Good morning. Did you enjoy the game? I, I did. You know, I mean, it's uh, I was working during the game, you know, so I'm I'm reading the news. Mm-hmm. I'm making notes. Mm-hmm. I'm contacting guests. I'm, uh, cu- you know, cutting sound. I'm trying to. You know, I, I'm watching with one eye, but even even still, I thought it was a lot of fun. News flash to the 49ers and every other NFL team. If there's 10 seconds left on the clock, <laughs> don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Go it, out of bounds, take a knee, whatever. If you give the ball back to Mahomes and you're you're winning by less than seven, you might as well say bye-bye. You know, the Super Bowl is interesting. Uh, but is your wife a football fan? No, no she, it, she may watch the commercials. Right, so th- that's what that's what I was just going to say. The Super or, Bowl or is cook interesting. All day for me. <laughs> did she do that yesterday? Uh, she did. Oh, she did. Nice, great. Uh, but but stuff I shouldn't eat. Oh, uh, uh, really? I like uh-huh. to I like to cook outdoors. Uh huh. So we had stuff I really shouldn't eat. We had some fried chicken wings. Oh, really? Well, that's prime we, Super Bowl fare. If yeah, you're not going to have it yesterday, yeah, what are you going to But have? I may have a heart attack. Well, we had it some. It goes <laughs> to show you where her interests are. <laughs> we, we, your, your insurance <laughs> premiums must be paid up if that's the case. We we had some nachos with hamburger and cheese oh, and, boy. you know, all that type of stuff. So. Um, the Super Bowl is interesting because this is the one sporting event of the year. And it's not like this for the World Series, not like this for the Final Four of the NCAA. It's not like this for the Stanley Cup. Um, it's the one sporting event of the year where people that don't follow the sport will watch the telecast because it's become such a big part of Americana. And if people aren't watching for the commercials, as as you were, they're watching for the halftime show, they're watching for what's going on, who the honorary captains. My mom, who I don't think has watched a football game, maybe ever, she's texting me her review of the halftime show. So I think this is one of those Wait, areas. what did your mom say? She gave it a two thumbs down. Uh, really? Two thumbs down. She did not like... Why? Uh, why? I, you know, I didn't get a, I, I chance to ask her if she's if she's awake right now. She's welcome to call in. But I, I think maybe she just wasn't familiar with a lot of the a lot of the songs. But see, but see, it's amazing. It's all in the eyes of the beholder, mm-hmm. right? The halftime show. So 
the NFL, when they hired Jay-Z as their like musical director or whatever for the Super Bowl, they're trying to be hip, and that means rap, that means Usher, that means, uh, I don't think DMX ever did it. It means Beyonce, you know, it means Jay-Z. Right, sure. But then to, to a large portion of America, they're like, huh? Well, so it's interesting that you say that. My wife, while we're watching it, and then while we're driving home from our friend's house around the corner, she's telling me that was the best Super Bowl halftime show she has seen in her lifetime. And what my friend Rich said, that was our, our friends that we went and watched the game with, that what they're trying to do, the NFL, in picking artists like uh, Usher, are fine folks that were very big 15, 20 years ago because the people that were big fans of them 20 years ago are now kind of the the people that have the, the money to support you know, advertising and things like that. So that was his theory that um, Usher kind of hits the sweet spot of not too old, not too young, and meaning they can still perform even though maybe their heyday was 20 years ago. So that was his theory. But um, so what we're going to do, and I don't, I can honestly say, if you're just tuning into this show, wherever you're listening, anywhere uh, in the country. I want your mom to call in. Yeah, I so, wish she so was up. 800-848-9222 uh, if uh, Stephanie Moreno is uh, is listening. But if you're listening anywhere in the country, if you're stumbling home from a Super Bowl party somewhere, what you're going to hear next is unlike anything else you will hear anywhere on the radio. Because this is, and I'm not joking when I say this, this sounds like something I would do with shtick. Coming up in about 20 minutes, the person reviewing the halftime show, the commercials, and everything else about the non-football aspect of it will be none other then disgraced former congressman George Santos. George Santos, no. 100%. You know, it's funny. I, I texted him yesterday. Wait, asked, Santos is going to call in and join you on this program that, in right. about 20 minutes? That's right. You can see, wow. um, you can, you can see wow. what he wrote me here when I asked him if he wanted to come on okay. and comment on the game. And uh, you could see... <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it when he comes on uh, because it would be impolite for that's me to good. share that that's on air, good. isn't that's it? Good. All right. But here's what I want to. But get he's your not take the first on. one, though. To, the, but they do watch for that's the. True. I, I, that's true. For the we'll, commercials. Yeah, for the that's commercials. true. So we're going to get his take. So even if you're not into football, you're going to want to hear my discussion with George Santos coming up in about 20 minutes to get his take. Because honestly, you don't know what he's going to say, and you don't know how true it is. So that's coming up in about 20 minutes. This is what I want to get your opinion on. Speaking of sports and kind of the larger than life. Um, aspect of certain sports. Do I want to be Patrick Mahomes? Well, <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> so, well, after seeing Brittany in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, I can see why. There's now something, you're aware of the, the buzz and the controversy regarding performance-enhancing drugs, right? Yes. In, in yes. sports, in the Olympics, in the NFL, yes. everywhere. Yes. Now, there's something called the Enhanced Games that a bunch of really wealthy people, mostly crypto people, billionaires, entrepreneurs, led by this entrepreneur named Aaron D'Souza, they have a plan to host a version of the Olympics where basically there are no restrictions on performance-enhancing drugs. And as you might imagine, there has been a huge backlash to this of people that think this is dangerous, that think this is inappropriate. I agree. And... They're going forward with it. They are going forward with the this ambitious plan for the enhanced games. 
Now, even a couple of athletes have said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and participate in this. My question for you, uh, Dominic, is where do you see this going? Do you actually see this coming to fruition? I see it going nowhere. I, I see it as a, a, a few uh, wealthy people pushing the idea, hoping against hope, and it's not going to happen. You know, but but then again, I thought that idea of a three o three on three basketball tournament that I think Ice Cube started. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a fluke, but I think it's still around. Oh, really? It's still around. Uh, so you know, but that's all. This idea is almost as bad that you hear about what happened up in Canada, and they've been warning about this. That uh, uh, college coaches love to win, right? And so up in Canada, a girls' uh, volleyball game. Three of the athletes on one team were were tra- are transgender. Oh, yeah. I, I did hear about this. And yeah, two, I talked about this. Yeah. And two on the other team, and it's it's those are spots that should go for females. So, in my opinion, oh no, I you agree. Know, and so I don't see this idea going. Well, it's going to be very interesting, and I'd be curious to hear where people, uh, what what people think about this. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Could you get on board for the enhanced games? Uh, Dominic Carter is a no vote, but. Oxford-educated lawyer, entrepreneur, and self-publicist Aaron D'Souza. This is the kind of character that, you know, and also Peter Thiel very much involved with this. He publicly announced this ambitious plan for the enhanced games, essentially a drugs Olympics where doping is encouraged and anything goes. Last week, D'Souza insisted his motives have very little to do with personal financial gain. He said, look, I've had a very successful career as a venture capitalist, as a tech entrepreneur, and if I wanted to simply make money, I would continue to do that. Instead, he is suggesting his motivation is deeper rooted. He said this is a personal crusade to challenge the International Olympic Committee's hegemony and it's one that he says, it's a challenge he says he's felt since the age of seven when he first began to realize that the ever-broken system that governs the world's biggest sporting event, the Olympics, in that belief alone, he may find widespread support. He's been everywhere. In fact, I'm going to invite him on this show to make his case because I agree with Dominic. I think this is a it's terrible, terrible idea. I think this sends the wrong message to athletes. I think it sends the wrong message to aspiring athletes. I think this could put the athletes that end up participating in this in danger. But I'm curious what you think. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This guy's been everywhere in recent days. He has been courted by the media Outlets like this program, other media outlets as well, and he's aiming to generate traction for this very ambitious and very controversial project that he intends to fund like a traditional Silicon Valley startup. So far, he's provided all the cash himself, and now comes the hunt for the millions that he hopes is going to make his dream a reality. It it does require a pretty big dose of skepticism to question whether such a grotesque and dangerous idea will ever make it off the ground. Dominic says, no, no way, no how. But given any risky association with an overtly drug-promoting organization, 
who would want to invest in that? That's what I just can't imagine. So how has D'Souza already managed to convince three Olympians to risk their reputations by joining his Athletes Advisory Commission? But sure enough, he has. They've gotten uh, South Africa's Olympic gold medal winning swimmer, Roland Schumann, fellow swimmer, Brett Frazier, who made the Olympic semifinals three times for the Cayman Islands, and the Canadian bobsleigh athlete, Christina Smith. So uh, I would love to hear your take on this. Give me a call. Let me know if you would watch this game, if you would, if you think this, sh- I don't know, uh, really just give me your take on this overall, 800-848-9222. If you think this is a good idea or you think this will work, meaning maybe you don't think it's a good idea, but you think it's going to be a big success, I, we want to go to you first. We'll put you to the uh, front of the line because I I think this is downright dangerous. And yet you have some very serious people. I mentioned uh, Mr. D'Souza and I believe Peter Thiel and other crypto people are involved with this at all. They are very serious about pursuing it. Tell me tell me what you think. 800-848-9222. There's uh, a big question about law enforcement, right? It's not clear necessarily who's going to take part in the games when and where they would be run, or exactly how much prize money is at stake. But the organizers of the games says they'll stump up the cash. uh, And in a statement, D'Souza says they've not spoken with the swimmer, Magnuson, yet, but they would pay the prize money for him and others to join this enhanced movement league. Uh, the swimmer, James Magnuson, says he would come on board as their first athlete, but others view this as scary and dangerous, and that's kind of where I am. But, you know, these are all people, Peter Thiel, um, Mr. D'Souza, and others that have a long history of getting things right. So I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Is this Stephen? Hi, yes, this is Steve from Elmont. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really want to speak about the um, enhancement, so I know you said you wanted to take calls about that in regards. All right, well, what do you got for us, half- Steve? You, what, what do you got? Okay. okay, I wanted to talk about the halftime game and why it's getting so, um, you know, I guess hip-hop-ish. You know, with hip-hop being the most influential music in the world, and I guess it's a great way to get more audience to watch the show, especially when you have the Taylor Swifties watching the show, and it's bringing in a lot of money. And people like me who usually don't watch the show, I watch it for the commercials and the half right. game. Right, right. Well, that's and why, I, other- I mean, I think a lot of people do that very thing. That's why I have George Santos coming on to review exactly that. What was your, uh, did you have a favorite commercial there, Steve? I actually didn't get a chance to see the game Fully, I watched it on someone who was at the game who was streaming it live on their phone. That's how I got to see the halftime. But I didn't get a chance to see the commercials. But when I go home, I'm going to go on YouTube and just look everything up again because those are like some of the greatest commercials all year. What would you think of the uh, halftime show? Uh, It wasn't my favorite. I think I know all the songs. I love the artists. I love the presentation. But I don't know. It just seemed so... Uh, Broadway didn't really seem like a Broadway. It, I, it was great. He did a great job, but uh, I think it was all right. 
You know, and thanks, Steve. I appreciate the call. Um, 800-848-9222. I really wasn't familiar with, uh, with any of the songs that they sang. I think there was one that I knew, but most of the others were not songs that I was familiar with. They just really, they're not my thing. Not, you know, that's why there's 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins, right? They weren't for me. I will tell you, though, as far as the showmanship of the halftime show, the uh, the dancing and the choreography and the costumes and the production value of the halftime show, even though I wasn't necessarily into most of the songs, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really uh, quite impressive in, in my judgment. Hey, uh, just on this enhancement games front, um, just one thing I did want to clear, I, I did want to make clear. Doping is not going to be mandatory. So it's not, it's it's encouraged, but if you want to participate in these enhanced games and you don't want to take a performance-enhancing drug of some sort, you can participate with, you know, without doping. So the American Medical Association has warned that recreational drugs are also used in sports cheating and come with their own dangers, and that many drugs might be mixed with unknown substances. And honestly, that's exactly what I worry about here. I mean, at a time when we're seeing um, drug overdoses at an all-time high, do we really want a league, a sports league, anywhere promoting drugs, which is essentially what they're doing? I mean, you've se- I'm a pro wrestling fan, and you've seen the damage to the health that has been done to so many great pro wrestlers over the years and the people that have died prematurely from abusing not only anabolic steroids, but a lot of painkillers that competitive athletes like pro wrestlers who, you know, put their body through a lot of physically demanding punishment come to rely on. And if you have a league that's not even going to be checking for this thing, and, in fact, outright promoting it, to me, I think that's a pretty scary thing. 800-848-9222. You know, one of the things that Lance Armstrong got in trouble for was blood doping, right? Where, you know, basically you replace – it's been a while since I read about this, but from what I remember is you replace um, the blood that's in your system now with blood that's not – Tired. You, it's your own blood, and maybe they run it through a centrifuge or something, and that kind of revs it up, I guess, and that allows your muscles to get more oxygen and allow you to keep going a little bit longer. It's one of the reasons Lance Armstrong is pretty disgraced. And that practice is pretty dangerous. It's been linked to the deaths of several cyclists over the years. That's going to be permitted here. And... D'Souza's response of, well, every action has risks and games organizers key to managing risks will be clinical supervision. I think um, I think it's inappropriate. Now, he's saying that drug testing is not about safety, but about fairness. And he says the pressure to use drugs is already there because of the number of elite athletes already using banned substances. Maybe he's got a point there. I don't think so. I think this is way inappropriate. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Robert in Maryland, what do you think of the enhanced games? Oh, uh, that, it, you, they didn't even say uh, how much 
and it's also totally medically unethical, and he should have uh, put parameters on it. It's unsafe. And one thing, you're a great person, unbendable, a man of integrity, was on book TV tonight, recorded John Castamatidis. Oh, fantastic. on C-SPAN? You should have him on. Yeah, well, I, he's been on before. We did a whole hour on his book when it came out. No. He was on C-SPAN tonight? He, uh, well, I, I guess that was recorded. How far do you want to go uh, you know, from uh, Common Sense Billionaire? Right, I'm, I'm going to check it out. That. I'm going to check it out. Thanks, Robert. You know, I'm a big fan of C-SPAN. I like so much of their programming, and I love their website. If you are a modern history nerd, there is nothing better than C-SPAN.org because what you can do there is search their video search feature, right? So you can say, let's say you're interested in, um, I don't know, um, Ted Kennedy, right? You can go to C-SPAN.org and type in Ted Kennedy, and it will bring up every time Ted Kennedy was ever on C-SPAN. It's the coolest thing in the world. If you're interested in um, Curtis Lewa, my colleague Curtis Lewa, you can type in Curtis Lewa. It'll bring up a speech that he gave to a high school 20 years ago, and then it'll bring up him um, talking about the New York governor's race 30 years ago. I mean, anything that's ever been on C-SPAN is on C-SPAN.org. You just search your whatever you want to search, and it comes right up. I use it all the time as a resource for finding stuff, and sometimes I just get go down a rabbit hole and I get lost on there, and really, really, sometimes you, you look up and, okay, I've been watching Pat Buchanan videos for seven hours, uh, and it's really an incredible resource. Mary in New Jersey, what do you think of the big game? Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was great. I, I I know next to nothing about football, but the Super Bowl I watch and I follow that ball with every move. And I called it for the Kansas for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm very happy about it. I thought the halftime show with Usher was very good. I very much enjoyed it. Um, it was good music. I never thought of it being hip hop. It's just good music, and it was nice not to see you know naked women up there for a change in a halftime show. Well, that was great. And my favorite commercial was uh, the Volkswagen with Neil Diamond, I Am, I Said. That was very impressive. And it caused me to go to YouTube to pull up the audio of him singing it. And I found um, comments on there that were just put on, you know, recently, as soon as it came out, mentioning that seeing it on the commercial mm. caused them to listen to the music. So all in all, it, it was just great. Great night. Wonderful. Mary, I'm glad you enjoyed the game. Uh, I did too. I didn't, I must've missed that particular commercial. Maybe I, uh, you know, I was, I was, had my head buried in a, a newspaper or was, you know, doing some show prep at that time, but uh, I missed that Volkswagen commercial. Also, I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I caught the last bit of the game on the radio because I had to drive into work, but uh, that, it sounds very compelling. I'm going to check it out. Uh, before we get to George Santos, Ed is in Westchester. Hi, Ed. Hey, Frank. Um, I just wanted to say I thought the uh, halftime show was right on target. It was it was absolutely perfect. Um, I'm a DJ, and 
I think that it hit the perfect demographic. You know, I DJ a lot of bar mitzvahs with 40 and 50 year old parents and they want to hear 90s hip hop. And I think that Usher is really more mainstream than even 90s hip hop. I thought the presentation was amazing. I thought the dancing was amazing. I just thought it was a very, very high quality uh, halftime show. And I thought that the best commercial, well, I thought it was really cool, was the Duncan commercial with uh, Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. I, I, th- I thought that was yeah. very funny. I thought that was, I thought that, yeah. I'm with you on that one. I thought that was very, really well done. Uh, Ed, thank you. In fact, you know, we're going to talk to Robert Wall, who played Arliss. And uh, Robert Wall is in this pseudo feud with Ben Affleck, and I'm going to have to ask him about that as well. George Santos joins me next. We'll talk. We'll get his take on uh, the game and the halftime show and everything else. This is the other side of midnight air post Super Bowl edition of the program. Straight ahead, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is the other side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, some of you are driving home from a Super Bowl party. Some of you are smarting over having lost on the big game. Others are trying to figure out what the big deal is, why your husband, why your uncle, why your grandfather went crazy in uh, time and time again uh, as the score seemed to change repeatedly and always at the least opportune times. But for the politicos in the audience, believe it or not, this result of the Kansas City Chiefs winning in a very dramatic fashion is quite a disappointment because it feels it feeds into a lot of these Taylor Swift anti-Donald Trump conspiracy theories. But more so than being a sports event, more so than being the most watched television event of the year by a lot, the Super Bowl has very much become a cultural event. Everyone's talking about the national anthem. Everyone's talking about the halftime show. So I thought, who better to turn to than a man who went from being a congressman to being really kind of, uh, I'll refer to him as our show's cultural critic at large, a guy who seems to have transcended the world of politics and is now very much a part of the American culture. As far as uh, as far as whether it's for the, for the best or for the worst, I guess the jury might still be out on that. I am very, very pleased to welcome former Republican congressman from New York and cultural critic at large, George Santos. Congressman, it's great to have you back on the radio. Oh, Frankie, it's great to be back with you. And I love the cultural critic at large. <laughs> I love the title. I'll you, take it. You got to update your uh, your cameo bio to include that cultural critic at large. You know. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about the game. I know when I asked you to come on and talk about the game, you said, you know, the halftime show is more my thing. You know, let's remember I'm homosexual. Uh, did you end up watching any of the actual game? What did you think of the sports aspect of it? 
So, so, so to, to back to back that statement, when I say I'm a homosexual, I mean it by every definition. Sure. I cannot comment on sports. I watch it. I watch a Super Bowl every year like every good American. But I'm terrible at commenting because I don't understand the game as much as probably somebody more technical would. But obviously, I'm here and look forward to the halftime show like every other regular Joe Schmo who's watching the game. And I got to tell you, this year's halftime show, Frankie, by far, hands down, the best. In my lifetime. You know, and I'll say this. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. My wife well, said the same thing, and I've never heard her express that kind of enthusiasm about a halftime show, really, ever. It's because your wife's a millennial, and she went through all the <laughs> crap she did through junior high school and high school listening to Usher, Ludacris, Little John, and Alicia Keys, just like I did. So for all the, the Gen Zers out there who probably don't know a single song that was played on that stage today— for me, it was my entire youth wrapped up in 15 minutes, and so many people across the country saw it. It was it was a great mix of R&B, hip-hop, that love story that we all have gone through when we were younger, and it just hit home for me. And I got to tell you, the moment Usher came out with the coat over the shoulder, it gave me severe flashbacks to just late last year. So I got to tell you, I loved it. <laughs> so five-star review on the halftime show. Uh, what about... Six-star review. Oh, six, just give stars uh, out. <laughs> I'll tell you, hey, um, Reba McIntyre doing the national anthem. I mean, I don't know how much you can do with the national anthem. What did you make of Reba McIntyre in the national uh, anthem? As good as a national anthem can be because no one's ever going to outdo Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. So it was great. As good as it can be. And, and, you know, you commend her for it. She did a great job. She had the boots. She had the fur. And the whole stadium was looking at her. So it was fantastic. One of the things that was somewhat controversial this year is uh, they are continuing with the performance of the song Lift Every Voice, which as some people call the Black National Anthem. Some old school folks thought this was a little bit too woke and not the kind of thing that needed to be added. Did you have any sort of a take on that? Oh, come on. It's it's American history. It's part of America's fabric. Whatever you no want to call it. So it's no big it, deal. It's a great patriotic song. Why are we? I am so bored about all the political divisiveness, even with our <laughs> freaking hymns. Like, seriously, just go away. These are these are great patriotic songs. and Stop politicizing everything and stop calling it the black national anthem because it's it's just a very nice patriotic song. Right. It's not as if they're in the in the midst of the song saying we hate all white people or anything like that. It's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's it is so pretty uplifting. Silly. I agree. It, it, here's the deal. It's an opportunity that this entire country has taken to politicize everything from Barbie to football and to patriotic songs. So it, it's just so boring. It's like, move on. Uh, talking with uh, former Congressman George Santos, uh, God bless America, post Malone. I had no idea he had that many tattoos on his face. What would you make of that performance? It was interesting to watch somebody like post Malone. I mean, I grew up, and I think you, we've all grown up. God Bless America, rendered by people like Celine Dion and, and the likes of Celine Dion. So when you watch Post Malone doing it, it, it didn't land for me. I would have chosen someone else, but I get it. We're trying to be inclusive here, and we want everybody to feel represented. So, hey, like, maybe next year, Frankie, it can be you and I. We can do a duet <laughs> and harmonize on it.
hey, maybe it, the, people may pay a premium for that on Cameo, believe me, but uh, I'm not pretty so sure. sure they would. <laughs> um, there was so much buzz going into this game, as I alluded to a couple of minutes ago, about uh, Taylor Swift. Would she be at the game? Would she not be at the game? A lot of folks said she was going to use this as uh, the opportunity to endorse uh, Joe Biden. What did you make of all the Taylor Swift fervor? Some people who are just, you know, pure football fans, they felt that she's been a little bit uh, overshadowing uh, the NFL this season. And a lot of folks that are very strong Trump people, which I know you are, they feel that, uh, you know, she's using her influence to kind of, um, you know, hurt Donald Trump electorally. Did you have any take on the Taylor Swift aspect of the buzz around the Super Bowl? I think Taylor Swift's great. I think she's so great. I, I, I authored an entire bill in Congress for women's rights and named it the Swift Act. Now, here's my problem. Taylor Swift is a pop icon. Football is not pop culture. And we need to take the conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift and, and stop with that. And I've been saying this to conservatives left and right. We are single handedly going to give her more power than she actually has over this presidential upcoming election because we are obsessed with her. Right. There's no psyop. There's no c- 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 grow up. Why are people so bored that now they're making stuff up out of cloth? just to fit a crazy narrative of some crazy psyop that they believe is necessary. I mean, I don't even know. This is post-midnight. Can I drop F-bombs here? Because that's what I feel like dropping. <laughs> don't, so don't. For my sake. Uh, I get it. <laughs> hey, uh, one of the things that historically has always been a big part of the Super Bowl experience is the watching of the of the commercials. Did any commercials really stand out for you tonight? Look, n- no, I don't think a Pfizer commercial should have been on the Super Bowl. I think that... At where we are today, I think uh, I, I wish the NFL would have understood how negatively that impacts uh, most Americans actually enjoying and watching the NFL. But I will say this. It, I can't call it a Super Bowl commercial, but it was one of the commercials in between. It was a Jennifer Coolidge uh, commercial with the Discover mm. card, and it, it, it hit it for me. Because anything Jennifer Coolidge usually hits for me with uh, you're not a robot. How can you prove you're not a robot? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And, you know, it's funny because you feel like you're living that to some extent these days. Everything is AI this, AI that. I, I, I thought that was a good one. Um, that one hit for me. And it wasn't the biggest produced commercial, right? So, yeah. But I loved it. Yeah, that was right or right before the game, I think. That was, uh, that was well done. Hey, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about is the fact that President Biden chose not to do a pre-Super Bowl interview. And look, you might understand it if you're him and the game was being broadcast on Fox. Maybe he doesn't want to sit down with somebody that he considers to be adversarial. But I don't think you could really say that about the news department at CBS News. What was your take on why President Biden chose to uh, skip the Super Bowl, in, you know, uh, the Super Bowl interview and talk to, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 million people? Well, here, here's what I'll say. I don't look into it. Maybe it wasn't his thing, wasn't on his agenda, wasn't a priority, which is silly because it's election year, as you pointed, and you have a mass ripe audience. But I think that associating his likeness with football and, and almost coming in between football would almost hurt him electorally when you're talking huh. about people wanting to get to the game and here we go with the president. People are so exhausted and fatigued about politics. I think this was single-handedly one of the smartest moves his team politically really? did. Because it, it, it doesn't put the fatigue of the presidency in front of people wanting to get to their game. And I think it was a smart move for him 
despite not being supportive of him. And quite frankly, if I were president of the United States, I wouldn't do it either. Because like I told you, I am a homosexual. I cannot comment on sports. <laughs> I would not comment on sports. Hey, so I didn't make a complete fool out of myself. One of the commercials that got a lot of attention was, uh, and I've seen that we've seen this before. I don't know that we've seen it in a Super Bowl before, but was the commercial for Jesus, uh, all about how Jesus is encouraging this and encouraging that. Jesus seems to be everywhere this year. What did you make of the Jesus commercial? I thought that was odd, granted that we've never seen something of that likeness before, and it was uh, different. And I can't at least remember in, in, in recent history or memory that we've had a, a pro-religious uh, a commercial like that. Nothing against it. I thought it was definitely different. And it, it speaks volumes to the type of audience that's really sitting down and watching and, and the target audience of, of these uh, types of commercials. So I think it, it was interesting. But I got to say one thing before I completely forget. I never in my life thought that I would be rooting for Nancy Pelosi's team as strong <laughs> as I would <laughs> So let's talk about the game itself. Obviously, it was a nail-biter, going, only the second Super Bowl in history to go into overtime. And it didn't just go into overtime. went down to the last 30 seconds. A very close game, very exciting finish. You were pulling for uh, San Francisco. What'd you make of the game itself, George? I got to tell you, uh, I think the San Francisco 49ers screwed up when with six seconds left to the clock to end the game. They weakened and they were loosey with their defense, and they could have held six seconds, Frankie. Just think about that. And they allowed. Uh, uh, the Kansas Chiefs to score, which resulted to the overtime. But I got to give a shout out to Jake Moody. What record-setting kicks. Such a young dude. I think 24 years old. Hails from Michigan State. What a great athlete. What a great all-American hero he is. Great kicks. Great performance. To me, one of the best players in the game. I know, you know, not analyzing, but just giving my layman opinion of what a great athlete, great time to watch. What a great time to be alive and watch the Super Bowl. You know, Congressman, obviously I'm sure you're aware uh, that uh, there are, you know, when people were exposing different things that you might have exaggerated about, there was this whole chorus of people out there that claimed you weren't really homosexual. After listening to that very astute football analysis, I'm starting to think maybe there was something to that. Oh, dear God. Yeah, you should ask my husband how he feels about that. <laughs> hey, um, I, and I, I know it's a late night, and I appreciate you joining me. I have to ask you about this just because uh, while a lot of people watch the Super Bowl, for a lot of our audience, the real Super Bowl is Election Day, and it is special Election Day for your seat on Tuesday. The Democrats and Republicans have poured in millions. Polling shows this race super tight. The Democratic nominee, Tom Swazi is someone that you ran against yourself back in in uh, 2020 came very, very close to beating. That's when you sort of became uh, a rising star in New York GOP circles and really to some extent even nationally. And then obviously when he chose to run for governor, you took his seat and obviously the rest is history. Mozzie Pillip, she's a, a local elected official in Nassau County, registered Democrat, but endorsed by the Republicans and the conservatives. First, uh, are you supporting Mozzie Pillip here? And second, irrespective of who you're supporting, do you ever prediction on how the race goes i'll put it this way um i don't support registered democrats so i have no support for anybody in the race uh on tuesday i will abstain and not vote i am jaded enough that i've reserved the right to skip this election that's number two number three 
Um, based on modeling from early voting, I know the Democrats are trying to count that they have a 6,000 voter uh, early voter advantage on Mozzie, but they're not being truthful with you. They're just trying to create the sentiment of it's in the bag to discourage conservatives. Here's the reality. Of those 6,000 votes, the bulk of them are coming from the Great Neck Peninsula in NY3, where I won 79% of the vote there, and the majority of the people who voted in Great Neck were Democrats. And those Democrats, as I call them, are self-radicalized Democrats to the right because the the Democrats have left them. So all those registered Democrats voting in Great Neck are voting Republican, especially because Mozzie is a, a resident of Great Neck. So when Tom Schwazi goes out there and says he's doing okay, it's going to be tight, he's lying. The reality is he's upside down on these numbers. The areas that should be pushing forward on good numbers are Castleberry, Westbury, and Plainview, and they're underperforming, and especially when you have areas that Tom has never represented, like Massapequa, hmm. Levittown, are in the mix this time around. He's up for a massive wake-up call, and let's not forget, Whitestone, baby. That is Trump country. That is MAGA country. We have Vicky Palladino as the councilwoman there. So for him to think it's the same Whitestone he left when he decided to go on his mission to run for governor, I think he has this wrong. And I think Mozzie takes it between five to seven wow. points, uh, of an election victory on Tuesday. Hey, uh, you know, on that note, I know you said you um, reserve your right not to vote. A couple of listeners, especially after hearing the last time you were on the program and they felt that you acquitted yourself, you know, really well, uh, a few listeners who live in the district actually said they're planning on writing you in on Tuesday. Is that something that you would be encouraging or discouraging of folks doing? How do you feel about people writing you in? I have said this months ago, uh, now for two months officially, I have been saying, please do not write me. And if you like me, you don't want, you don't wish this upon me. Second of all, it is throwing your vote away. And I speak to everybody who's listening. I understand the principal vote. I understand that you don't like the fact that your vote was recalled by politicians and your duly elected member was removed in an arbitrary way because of personality issues and because of politics. But if you want representation, you have two choices. You have Tom Swazi, which you rejected in the past, and you voted for me to come in, or you can vote for Mozzie Pillip and give her a shot, and hopefully she'll re-register as a Republican, and she'll prove me wrong. But to write me in is a waste of your vote. I appreciate the love. There's many other ways we can work together and work together to continue to advance our conservative principles for the district. But please do not write me in on Tuesday, uh, February 13th. And, and just to give folks an update on uh, on your, your court issues, your court case, how are things going and when do you think there'll be a next step in that whole thing? Next step of the process, I'll be back there for a status conference on August 13th. And then we'll continue to go through the process. Hey, someone told me um, that uh, I should be careful when I talk to you because, oh, that George Santos, he's definitely cooperating with the feds. You got to be careful. Every conversation you have with him, it's going straight to the feds. Do I have to be careful talking to you? Well, I mean, now we're on the radio. But in general, are you cooperating? Here's the deal. There's so many conspiracies out there. I'm look. I. I'm not going to sit here and say anything other than people have a very, very interesting imagination. Uh, Like all these conspiracies out there, I'm cooperating, I'm wearing a wire, all of these things. Like where do people get this information from, Frankie? That's just the reality. Like are people really that bored and desperate that they just make things up from cloth? 
You got me. Uh, I still, uh, I'm not lying awake at night uh, that any of our conversations are being tape recorded. Congressman George Santos, cultural critic at large for the other side of midnight. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Frankie. You be well, sir. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation with respect to the uh, review of the national anthem, the halftime show, the post Malone edition of God Bless America, the uh, take on uh, the so-called black national anthem or the game itself, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222 or obviously the election that uh, a lot of people are very worked up about on Tuesday. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. singing Freebird. This is a birthday bumper music selection from a great listener of ours, Al DiGiulio, who also has a a great charity that he started in honor of his son who passed away at a young age called Lyrics for Lucas. I've gone to uh, some of their events in the past before. He is a great guy and does some great work uh, with that foundation, Lyrics for Lucas. And uh, he's apparently a very big Leonard Skinner fan. You know who else's birthday it is today? Our president. John Katsimatidis Jr. He uh, did not send me any birthday bumper music requests. I suppose he has better things to worry about and more important things to worry about. But we wish him a happy birthday nonetheless. Going to get to your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222 if you want to call in. There's uh, five open lines. But I do have to tell you, you know, we went to, on Saturday, I mentioned this, uh, that we were going to do this. We went to dinner at my brothers and it was nice so i got together with my four siblings two of you know my uh, sisters-in-law and my father and stepmother and obviously my wife and my son and it was the first time we were all together all year i think since christmas so it's nice that we you know could all get together we we do these quarterly dinners where a different morano sibling uh tries to host every quarter and food was great. Uh, had a very good time. The, their apartment was a little hot. I, I wish somebody would have cracked open the door a little air in, but it was a lot of fun. I realized when I got home on Saturday night, I left my keys at their apartment in Brooklyn. So we only have two for the car that my wife and I share. She was fortunate. She was kind enough to let me borrow hers to come to work today. 
But now, in the wee hours in the morning after the show today, I have to go to Brooklyn and try to get that uh, the, the security guard to give me the the keys because I don't want to wake them up at that or that early in the morning. But I um, so that's what I'm going to do. It's not a major inconvenience, but it always goes to show you there's nothing that's ever totally drama free. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, to get gas in Manhattan is a big, big no, no. It's way overpriced. I mean, it's like three times the price of what it is anywhere else. So I'm wondering if I'll have enough gas to get there without stopping for gas. Brooklyn's a little more reasonable so because I'm running running awfully low. I'm waiting for all those Super Bowl winnings to kick in. One, uh, 200 bucks, by the way, in one of the pools that I was in. The same pool that I'm in that I won for the regular season won 200 bucks. I bought, I think I bought two $50 boxes. So I wagered 100 and then I won 200. So the, the, the person that runs the pool, she messaged me. She says, you always find a way to win. So I can use that to pay the um, speeding camera ticket that I got recently and the parking ticket that I got when I went to get a haircut recently. Lisa is in Connecticut. Hey there, Lisa. Oh, my gosh. you got to get Spot Hero, the app. That always saves you the parking situation. You're right. And if you need, uh, I could get $75 in cash. No, 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 no. I'm okay, Lisa. Thank you. (laughs) But what a game. Oh, my golly. Like, riveting. It was like one one record uh, kick and then another record kick and then right down to overtime. Like, wow. Wild. It had you it was a nail biter right to the end, right? Yeah, it really was. Who were you supporting? Well, you know, I always like to go with like the people that are like sort of like the underdog or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of rooting for San Fran <laughs> just because I don't know. I just felt like San Fran deserved a chance. Yeah, it would have been like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it was a really cool game. You know, nothing against anything. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. So, you know, whatever. I didn't really care who won either way. But it was kind of cool just to see, like, how it all played out. And they really fought to the end. And, and, and you know, hey, they did a great job. Absolutely. You know I mean? Hey, Lisa, time, so. Lisa, thank wow. you. Hey, did you win any money? No, I didn't bet. All right, good. Hey, you're the smartest one there is then, Lisa. Thank you. All right, 800-848-9222. Until next hour, help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.